Oh yeah, it's date night with Jake and Paige, y'all, where you meet some of Charlotte's finest couples. So pull up your seat, grab a glass of wine. It's time to talk about things like laundry and taxes and the dentist and also making sweet cupcakes for your son's elementary class, which is kind of annoying because you don't really care about those other kids. So why are you doing it? We're going to find out with date night. Yeah. Hey gang, it's episode 13 of Date Night with Jacob Page. We had on Susie and Todd Ford of Noda Brewing Our Company. Our baker's dozen. Baker's, we made it. We did. Is I'm, that what that means? I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say that every single episode. Can you believe it? And once again, loved them. Oh God, I know. I I, I don't want us to have one that we don't like, but for I, sure not. No, right. Of course, we want to love all the people, but every single couple that we have on is so great and down to earth and cool to get to know. And I hope our audience finds them the same way. It's just awesome to, especially a couple like this who works together and is married. And they have a cool story too, because they have a blended family. They're both each other's second marriages and they have started arguably one of the best and definitely one of the first, right? Breweries in all of Charlotte. Yeah. And, and probably the most iconic brand in right. Charlotte as it relates to breweries. And she just came right out and says, you know what? We struggle with work-life balance. Yeah. Struggle with it. Keeping it real. When we, Who when, doesn't? Yeah. And, and you know, they've got, they talked about the, the legislature they're dealing with, with mm-hmm. craft freedom. You know, we said, what's next for you? And they said, um, that's on hold. Yeah. That's on hold. But first we want to focus on us. We want to focus on finding hobbies what do you think they're gonna do fish well when you when you turn your hobby into one of the most successful businesses in charlotte i guess i don't know yeah you you gotta kind of look for some stuff yeah so i hope you guys enjoy i know i did shameless plug i love i love noda i know i do too (laughs) you will too listen what's up guys hi how are you good to be here so let's give people a little glimpse into you okay because uh no i feel like noda was like the first and maybe i'm wrong but when we literally you guys when we were thinking about moving to charlotte from raleigh it was like the panthers are there the hornets are there and jake noda brewing (laughs) because he had just gotten a hot drop it it was when hot drop had just won the big award right 2014 2014 that's when we moved and it was one of the selling points literally to come into charlotte and it was like you know and then you know a couple years later here you guys are and there's bajillions of of other breweries and it's just such a fun culture and very few people get a look at behind the scenes too of just the people who kind of make it all happen so that's why we want to do that with you guys here tonight. Not only the, side, the business side from from Noda and how that came to be, but just you guys also and kind of how you guys. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourselves in general before beer? I mean, like where you're from, where you went to school, how you guys met? Sure. Um, I moved here in 1996 from California. So oh. I'm born and well, not born. I was born in Newport, Oregon. My parents were hippies. Um, moved to <laughs> Truly. Truly. Oh, I love it. They probably are going to listen to this and not like that. Ah! Well, if they're hippies, well, they, they definitely know, don't right? have the internet. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, true. They do. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Got it. They're, all right. they're, they're modern hippies? day hippies. Okay. Modern okay. hippies. Okay. <laughs> Is your real name like Sunshine and they call you Susie? <laughs> I have not checked my birth certificate. Oh, that's I think there's point. a possibility of that. Yeah. Uh, so Wait, they, my dad. That's a great question. <laughs> I know. Really. Okay. Um, my dad got transferred to the Bay Area um, when I was one. So I grew up in the Bay Area. Loved it. Um, was in banking. Um, I'm one of the few people, it seems like, that didn't go to college. Um, I cut my teeth in banking and just worked my way up. Um, 96, moved to Charlotte um, to stay in banking because obviously Charlotte. Right. Um, moved here, decided to temporarily get out of banking and get into sports marketing, um, which was amazing. I love I sports. Yeah. Um, 
I ended up loving marketing. Were you with one of the local teams or just No, a- I was actually with um, Morris International. They did a lot of um, NASCAR, a lot of racing. Oh, okay. um, they brought the truck series um, to fruition for Bruton Smith. Um, they did professional sailing. Um, we represented GMAC. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. I knew nothing about NASCAR. So it was super Ta-da. exciting being new to a city, um, to being completely immersed in everything having to do with the city. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. After a couple of years, I missed banking, which sounds really crazy to actually <laughs> say out loud. <laughs> Says no one ever. Says no one ever. Right. Um, got back into banking for a few years. Um, as with banks, um, they get bought out. So ah. my bank ended up being bought out. Um, Todd and I, second marriage. Um, I moved Both of I, you? Each of you? Each of us. You're plowing through some details here. Okay, yeah, but I'm going to give you the cursory and then back. you can yeah. go okay, back. We're going to come back. Um, so Todd and I um, met in 2003 on Match.com. Yes. That's a nugget. Yeah, yeah that, that is a is. nugget. That's a nugget. Yeah. Back when Match was a thing. Back yeah. when yeah. Match was a thing. now, apparently, and Bumble. Did you see how she did that? She goes, Todd and I met, like, st- like, yeah, you had a little. Still got the little. Yeah, she still did the shoulder. I know. She still gives you the shrug. We both figured I'm normal. He's normal. I'm out here on Match.com. He's out here on Match.com. So there has to be some normal people, right? Right. Um, and it turns out we were in the carpool lane together. Um, didn't even know it. Wait, carpool lane at school? Oh no way! Yeah, what, like kid uh, carpool. Lane? Kid carpool. <gasps> our our two old, my oldest, his oldest went to school together. My youngest, his youngest, went to school together. Shut up! Yeah. Oh, how funny. I don't, I, I don't know if they specifically knew each other. They knew of each other. Yeah, you know those two cool kids. Yeah. Um, we're going to be siblings. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's crazy. We had a another little known fact. We had a whirlwind courtship and engagement. Um, oh yeah, it's it's probably close to a record. I think it's probably, for those uh, who don't go to Vegas, this yeah. is probably say, a we had we had a pretty quick one. But uh, no, I'm sure we five weeks. We got what? engaged in five weeks. Yeah, we were older than most you know, people. You knew. You knew. Like, we knew. Point, we knew. We really did. You literally knew. Um, this one. Okay. And my parents were very supportive. They didn't go. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. Are you sure he's not a serial killer? That's, or anything that's like the that? hippie part of them. That's the hippie part of them. Okay. Yeah. Follow your heart. Serial killer. You don't read serial killer. No. Well, they didn't catch me. At least, okay. Right? Oh, so, oh, on the next episode, yeah, yeah exactly. Date night. Date night with Jake. Where's right. Susie? Where's Susie? <laughs> right. um, and we got married in June of the next year. So, wow. Yeah, we're, so that's what you're now. Two thousand. We're going to be fourteen four. years this coming um, <gasps> June. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's been a good fourteen years, but it's been it's, it's been uh, a tale of two different halves, Worlds. I guess. Yeah. The the first uh, five or six years. Uh, I was flying uh, as an airline pilot, so I was home. When I was home, I was home 100 percent of the time. <laughs> Sneaky background. We used oh, to be yeah. a pilot. Wait, back up from that too. You're from where originally? Uh, originally from Greensboro, so just okay. up the local road. Boy. So I yeah. call myself a local, even though I'm, I moved here in '86. So okay. I, I remember what Charlotte was without traffic. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I still prefer the traffic part and having all the amenities that we have now, but uh, it has been a, it's been an interesting uh, run. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's, it's Charlotte's a great city. I moved here for uh, an airline job uh, to to live here in Charlotte because of the the job was based here. Uh, but one funny thing about airline jobs is it seems like you can you can take them and be based around the world and, mm-hmm. and commute. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so. I like Charlotte so much. Uh, I made it my home, even though uh, later was transferred to New York, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, oh, wow. Cincinnati, 
Uh, and then for a short period of time, I was in essence based in, in uh, Belgium. But which was fun. What? Wait. So you would have to fly from here to Belgium to start your shift? Uh, often would start in Belgium. Uh, oh, and, and so you got good, to like. It was a good time. I gotta go visit. Oh, that's yeah. cool. It, it was a good time. Uh, you know, but it, it did wear a little thin because days days off were short. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company was a, a freight company at this time, and we uh, we were bought out by another company. Is a see a pattern here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> both of you. Um, so and, and really that has a lot to do with why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, I enjoyed my job very much. Still uh, have an opportunity to see some of the people I used to fly with. They're, oh, cool. They have layovers here in Charlotte. Oh, they come into the yeah. Yeah. yeah, they oh, do. Oh, I bet. And, I bet. Is. That and, is fun. And I'm really honored because many of them look at me as a uh, an individual who was able to break out of that mold. Right. Escape. Escape. Um, of course, I escaped to a much lower pay rate. Uh, <laughs> but there's beer at the end of the day. But right. yeah, there's beer at, beer at the end of the day. But you know, if you have money, you can buy beer too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You seem to be talking yourself out of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Live, <laughs> live on this Facebook You know, screen. they yeah. had a big debacle here recently. They're looking for pilots to step in for the <laughs> yeah. holidays. I'm not yeah. sure if you've been watching well, the news, I'm, Unfortunately, they're, they're looking <laughs> for pilots because they don't want to pay them what they used to pay them in the past and uh uh i think that's a you know it's supply demand if you if you you obviously if you don't want to pay that the, the demand's going to go down then people you know, yeah uh, yeah so i mean it's been great living here in charlotte uh i think at one time we even contemplated moving out west and no no in, no oh out west yes for the longest time he was, <laughs> i thought he was going down to china i was not was contemplating that based time. out of cincinnati and he wanted me to move to Cincinnati. From no. it snows. It no snows. disrespect. No disrespect. Well, but I wanted it to snows. spend time with her. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a heartwarming uh, sentiment. But apparently, <laughs> she considered it torture. Well, he said, "I'll buy you a kegerator," and I'm like, "Oh." And she, and she yeah, actually, I, I did. Jake would follow you. Yeah, yeah she actually uh, stammered a little bit when I said that. <laughs> but the ultimately, the, the the answer was no. Yeah. Uh, but I thought I had a shot at it after I, I, I up the up the game a little bit. Yeah, you're like, I am in Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. You know what? Um, I've actually got to go to cans. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the two of you meet? Match.com. Match. You know, oh, that? Match. But okay, sorry. So yeah. there's Match.com, yeah. and then. Five weeks, gosh. So, so you're married. Go ahead. We're married. Let me back up his education a little bit that okay. kind of brings into the brewery. Too. Yeah, I was going to say. He went point? to Washington and Lee. Okay. Um, and we're finding all kind of Washington and Leers. I don't know what, what you are you. What are you? The generals? The generals? All kind of generals. I, I think I just made that up because it would make sense. But Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Coming out of the woodwork. So he went to Washington and Lee okay. as a chemistry major, but yep. never put it into practice. Um, started flying, found his love, his passion for that. But then in the mid-90s, started homebrewing. Yeah, oh. so the chemistry piece. Yeah, and by the yeah. way, the reason I asked how you guys met again, because the five weeks, like, I needed more story. Like, you guys, like, jumped straight to it. Like, all right, got it. I felt like there was more there. Yeah. Literally, there was not more there. There was no. only five weeks. Five, so, week, five weeks in person. So we had corresponded for a while back online. in the day because he was an airline pilot, worked the opposite shift. Mm-hmm. So he was flying at night. He has your hours. Yeah. Um, right. So corresponding Vampire. or meeting yeah, was tough. tough. That's a fist bump for you, Todd. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so chemist, and did you just feel, did you have a passion for beer and a passion for science or just science and like you stumbled upon a bag of grain or something? Uh, <laughs> I, I liked beer. I wouldn't say that, you know, beer was a, over, overwhelmed my life, but obviously the hobby of making and producing the product yourself was in, was enticing. And this is back before the internet was uh, popular with beer recipes and things like right. that. So it was, you're pretty much on your own. So we, uh, 
I went over to a homebrew store here in town, Alternative Beverage, which is still <laughs> is South South Boulevard. It right? was mm-hmm. it was actually on South Boulevard at that time, but at a nice. different location. It's mm. popped around a few different places, and they hooked me up with some uh, some supplies, and uh, I made a barely drinkable beer. <laughs> That I would not give to anybody else, but I drank all of it myself. I considered it uh, my penance for for making such a poorly, a poor tasting <laughs> beer is that I had to consume it all. But I was hooked at that particular point because I was not going to accept failure. I was mm-hmm. definitely going to make something that was going to be palatable and I could actually share with other people. I, but I'm like, I, I want to go like way into the weeds on this. So mm-hmm. like, did you meet someone that did it? Like what? No, I didn't really have uh, anybody that I knew that did it. Uh, but at that time, when you go into the homebrew store, you immediately meet others who are right. e- are lurking about it. Before <laughs> there was uh, bulletin boards and forums on Lurk, the internet, lurking, lurking yeah, about man. what hop are you using? <laughs> there was a lot of that, and uh, you know, we would we talk about the 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 beers that were interest to us at that time, and we're talking at that period of time would be like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and. Right, uh, Samuel yeah. Smith. Which, by the way, style. my parents still buy me. Like, when oh I my come, gosh, that used I, to be our go-to. When I come home for the holidays, yeah. they're like, "Look who we've got for you." We I'm got like, you a special the beer. Game has changed. <laughs> Mom, yeah. Okay, got it. You know, it is Bless. still a great beer, but I do remember when it was so hoppy, I could barely drink right. it. Right? Yeah, yeah and this and was now, the mid '90s. He started. Yeah, That's so. so. When did you guys? So when did you go from that to like? At, was there a point at which you kind of looked at each other like? Do we want to start our like? What could this become? It's crazy. So. um he quit homebrewing for a little bit because he had kids, single father. How old were your kids when you guys met and got married? Uh, it's easiest to say their ages sure. at that time. 15, 14, 12, and 11. Okay. So, wow. Cool. Boys, girls. But, three but like, boys, one girl. Yes. But yeah, like, we had done right a lot of damage row. already to those <laughs> right? kids. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he didn't homebrew when we first met. Okay. I obviously like beer and he knew that so i was at work one day and he decided to pro- pull his homebrew supplies out and brew a batch of beer and i walk in the door after work and i'm like what is that smell and he's thinking she hates this yeah, I was, my I was short-lived career i was pretty convinced that this was my so first and last homebrew yeah yeah especially todd like yes yeah, um this is a jade hop <laughs> Well, what I needed to do is to make something that she would like. Smart. Uh, so I was smart on that. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's uh, her style? Well, at that time, it was Yingling Lager. I love. I still, Susie, do you want to get out of here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, I wasn't set up to do any type of lagers because of the uh, the, the, the lager. It's different. Yeah. It, is, it requires a little more equipment than I had at that particular time. Yeah. So um, I made something close to that, I believe. Yeah. Well, it was a nice surprise when he thought that I was going to say I hated that smell. And I'm like, I love the smell. We should make perfume. This is the greatest <laughs> thing. Um, so our marriage was sealed definitely yeah. at that point. So, uh, so, but just to stay there for a second. So I know you said like you liked beer, but like any part of you like really liked beer? Or were you just like, this is cool? Um, I thought it was really cool as passionate and as excited as he was about the ah, process. Interesting. Okay. I'm a drinker. I'm not a brewer. I'm not a science person. Mm-hmm. But business. I'm a drinker. Banking background. Yeah. yeah. And marketing. You yeah. kill the marketing game. Yeah. Thank you. She Thank does. you. Um, so fast forward probably five years, maybe. Of what? Um, just dabbling throughout dabbling, those five years? Uh-huh. And we started having house parties. Mm-hmm. At first, we bottled the beer. Um, then he got an old freezer from Craigslist, or I think it was probably Craigslist, mm-hmm. um, up in Concord. And we brought it home, and he made a kegerator with mm-hmm. two taps. 
Then we made I think four taps. I'm turned on by you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We made taps. I have That's to tell why you guys are really here. We just want to see if you guys I, have a trade. <laughs> what was amazing is what a uh, easy sell it was to go. Uh, you know, I think we really should have a six keg yes. tap, uh, kegerator yes. in our basement. You had a six keg kegerator in your basement. We just kept slowly adding and having bigger parties and bigger yeah. parties. Oh my god! And when you're giving people free beer, of course they're going to tell of you course. it's great, and they're going to tell you to. Please tell me. There is. Oh. There is. I can send them to you. Oh. Yeah, and they're telling you open a brewery, and we're like, no, 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 no. Well, my bank was bought out. His airline was bought out. I didn't have a job, but he had a job still. But he was flying, you know, all the time. Yeah, um, going to Africa, going to as cool as Belgium is. It's still really far away. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we kind of stepped back and said, is this a marriage? Is this what we want to never see each other? And we decided, no, that's not what we want. Mm-hmm. And started listening to everyone saying, hey, let, you should open a brewery. You know, we started I, investigating. and Well, she, she certainly was on board. But I think a good bit of it is we've been sitting around a little bit, you know, being negative Nellies, going, mm. you know, our company stinks. It's, you know, this well, is easy. going poorly. This is yeah. going poorly. Yeah. The Armchair quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the decisions at the top are not uh, conducive to long-term success. And uh, I was in a business that was sen- seniority-oriented. So if the, the bosses made a bad decision and the whole company went down, that I had to start at the bottom again. Mm. So, uh, and that is, uh, that's quite a threat when you're approaching 50 years old mm-hmm. and, you know, you've, You've, you've been at a company long enough that things are going reasonably well, and you have a pretty good schedule, and your pay's not too right. bad. Mm-hmm. And that's basically so, what happened. His airline pulled out of the uh, U.S., so he went from very senior being able to hold Charlotte, get to Charlotte all the time, to never getting to Charlotte. Because airlines, that's, it's all about all that, right? About, it just, yeah. Yeah, he might, still had a job, but right. was scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's what airline was that? Uh, well, originally I started with Pan Am. Uh, oh, okay. I moved to Charlotte for a, a job here that uh, for a feeder for, for Piedmont. I uh, went to Pan Am, and then when Pan Am went out of business, I went to Airborne Express. That was a, a cargo company. As it was explained to me that while I was uh, filling out the application, this is one of those places you work until you get on uh, a job at United. I said, okay, well, that's that's good. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll work there until I get a job at United. And uh, sure enough, about two years later, United called, went to the interview, got hired, uh, and then started looking at the benefits of staying at a package company versus flying people around. Mm-hmm. Um, they call them self-loading packages. The the people part. That's oh. our freight dog, <laughs> freight a freight I dog like insight that. tonight. Self-loading <laughs> packages. So uh, and it was actually uh, the benefits to staying at the cargo side were. were Way outweighed going to the passenger side. Airborne so. Express. Got it. So, uh-huh. And then DHL later bought uh, a large portion of Airborne, sure. and uh, that's when things started to go a little bit rough. So uh, that, that's that's it in a Which nutshell. Which can be just the kick in the pants you need to start your own brewery, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Exactly. There's, like a million, there's a million ways we could take the story. Like there's the beer side, but then there's the like, – I just want to, for a second, entrepreneurial, oh, my God, we're starting a company – what did that look like? It was, was that in the basement. Uh-huh. And both of you, right? Did yeah. you did did you both jump in or did um, one of you keep a job? He while... kept a job, so okay. it's kind of funny. He kept a job. Um so in November of two thousand ten, we really decided that we needed a oh, Jake would like beer. some more beer. Sorry, sorry. Please. I'm like I go closer pause. to the mic. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> um November 2010, we decided, hey, we're going to do this. So on a trip to Cincinnati to close his crash pad, we started Googling names, trying to figure out what are we going to name this entity. Mm -hmm. And every name we came up with was taken. 
and we came across like what? What are some of the um, the the my favorite was Blind Squirrel. Okay, and oh, I love there's it. Blind Squirrel Brewing. Oh. I, I thought it was perfect, Who and knew? it was. But um, so we came across No to Brewing, and we're like, oh, it has to be taken. No, no. No. Oh my god. So we took it. Yeah. Um then we started creating a Were logo. Were you living in Noda? No, we we've never lived in Noda. Well, I, what <laughs> We what live in Cotswold. <laughs> yeah, what, what brought that about was uh so many of the uh available spaces, buildings yeah. that yeah. suited the the zoning We're requirements there. for for sure. buildings were were in, yeah. in Noda and uh not many in South End at that particular yeah. time and later they expanded some of the zoning categories that allowed breweries to uh, move to different places. But it was pretty tough pickings right there at the very beginning. We had to basically be in an industrial area, and uh, that was one that we could afford. Now, yeah. we couldn't probably afford it now. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> then, yeah. amazing how. Yeah. Plus, Noda Brewing has a much better ring to it than Cotswold Brewing. It, it does. does. It does. And we had um, the original location on North Davidson. Yeah was the first building we looked at. And it's kind of like when you buy a house, we leased the building, but when you buy a house, you don't want to buy the first one you look at. Mm-hmm. So we kept looking at others and coming back and yeah. checking in this. And just, it was meant to be. It was so meant to oh, be. Oh, that's so cool. That is. So we came up with a name, um, reached out to a friend of a friend um, to create a logo, um, scheduled our last house party, but didn't really tell anyone what we were doing. Um, nice. A few people knew. Their house parties were so legit <laughs> that they had to schedule the last one. I know. Year. I love this. Gosh. And we did the unveiling. and <gasps> Like um, they got there and you were like, surprise, we're telling yep. you. <gasps> Shut up. I feel like yeah. you're like a, it was like a Kardashian surprise wedding or something. <gasps> Come to a house party. No, you're really here for our launch of our exactly. new brewery. Exactly. <gasps> tell us what you think. Oh, um, so fun. we made some fun tap handles. Todd is very creative. Um, actually, we made some tap handles out of um, table legs. Huh. Um, so again, I'll send you the pictures. Inexpensive. Yes. Inexpensive. <laughs> I, I am cheap. So <laughs> um, so we had, you know, hop, drop and roll, which was his homebrew recipe. No. So, oh my gosh. This is where I wanted this to go. So, like, <laughs> so, so Noda started with your homebrews? Uh, yes. Yeah, really. Hop did. drop wow. came from a homebrew recipe. Uh, mm-hmm. It did. Coco and, Loco too. And I was mm-hmm. um, I was a member of the show, uh, the local homebrew club here, the Charlotte or the Carolina Brewmasters, yeah. and uh, uh, they were very instrumental in helping us tweak the recipe. You know, good. There's some yeah. phenomenal brewers and excellent beer judges in that group, and and it's a great resource if you do like the hobby of homebrewing, and even if you just have a significant other enjoys it. It's it's a fun uh, it's a fun meeting. There I you bet. go, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they meet once a once a month, and it's a great group, and they allow you to improve. They uh, they they give you very positive critiques of mm-hmm. your your your, uh, okay. your concoctions. Because to your point, what good does it do if everyone just comes and goes? Exactly. This is delish. Yeah, like right. that doesn't help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, we made a couple uh, hop substitutions uh, to the original hop drop and roll to make it. Uh, Available so that we could actually buy some of the hops that were yeah. in it, mm-hmm. uh, and of course that got burned immediately because the ones that I substituted later became uh, as rare as the first one. So oh, really, uh, citrus, wow. yeah. Really. So, oh, okay, yeah. but you know that was essentially the gist of it. And uh, while still flying, um, Susie and I went out to a uh, uh, to Hawaii for a brief vacation with some friends who invited us out because they had a, a vacation timeshare and. 
everybody else's plans had fallen through, that all their previous uh, guests had fallen through at the last minute. And uh, <laughs> I love those. We're in the right, right place too. at the right time. You're like, time. we have no pride. We'll totally come. Absolutely. We don't care if we were a third yep. or fourth choice. D-list. Okay. That, yeah. We say that all the time. Right. And, yeah. And we were uh, willing to book an airline flight quickly. So uh, we made it out there. And and uh, I had been to Hawaii, but it had been a long time. But I have just fell in love with this particular beer in Hawaii that was made at Maui oh. Brewing Company. And it was their uh, coconut porter. Ah. And uh, we we consumed a lot of it out there, <laughs> a lot of it. And well, you got to be sure, you know, right. you're doing research. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it just seemed to fit perfectly, the coconut, you know, and uh, the, the the toastiness of a, a porter. And you're sitting there watching the sun go down. Mm-hmm. Why? When we get back to North Carolina, none of that beer is available like, here. Wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, darn it, I I can make beer. Let's figure this Let's out. Do you it. know, and so uh, we 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 tried several attempts. They were sort of feeble to to get close to what it was, but we kept knocking around with it. And attention, you know, basically we were trying to get what we had experienced in Hawaii, but I have attention deficit. So uh, as we we're brewing <laughs> there, I'm looking up on the shelves and I see all this chocolate that's sitting up there for another brew, and I ended up dumping it in. Come on. And so, I mean, Origin what's better? Story. What is a what is better than chocolate and coconut? I mean, it's Amen. like a mounds Nothing. bar, right? Yeah. So, alcohol. If only you add alcohol. Yeah, exactly. So that was uh, that was the gist of Coco Loco, and uh, wow. And now I think uh, the Imperial version for Maui Brewing Company actually has chocolate, but I don't oh, think the original oh, that's does. That's awesome. So. And they were very very nice to us. They when we were starting out very very young and, and eager, but probably a little less technically proficient. Yeah. And having some challenges with coconut as a brewing aid, we actually called them up and, and asked them. And they were like, no, we'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. That's and they so gave great. us some really nice tips. Uh, the tips worked really well. We won a silver medal that next year at uh, the Great American Beer Festival. And of course, so cool. the first thing we had to do is run down to Maui Brewing Company and say, thank you guys. Look what we got. Oh, you know? yeah. That's awesome. And they were very, very happy for oh, us. Oh, that's neat. And a few weeks later, I think they called us back to say, hey, you know, exactly what did you do with that <laughs> coconut? We you may know? have dropped a little chocolate in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I think they were, they were well aware of that. But they... It's you know brewing with some strange ingredients like coconut. It's always a challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, and but it, it is worth it if you're willing to sit around and and, and keep plugging away mm-hmm. with it because it's so such a unique flavor. Mm-hmm. So that day when we unveiled on tap was hop drop and roll, coco loco, a few others that didn't make it to the final cut, but one of my favorites, an apricot wheat ale. That, I know. Doesn't that sound yes, amazing? Yes, it does. That for some reason we haven't recreated. What? Yet. Yet. Because um, she's kind of giving you a look, Todd. Wait, yeah. wait, give me the year I'm again. Slash Chad. Oh. Give me the year again. What, what is 2011. This? I know. Why? Wait, so it just kind of fizzled? That out. one? No, no, no. Um, it just hasn't came back yet. Oh, well, I feel like there's um, something happening right now. I feel like this. I feel like I'm being ambushed. There's a reason oh, I'm in the corner. Hint, hint, I guess. Hint, hint. Because yeah. you have an apricot. You have another apricot beer right now, or is it? Oh, no, you had another like apricot IPA. No. Uh, we've made about that, like, 35 fruity? apricot beers. We no. did, oh, okay. but yeah. this the one was original. It was okay. great. So we should bring it back. Sorry, I did well, maybe you will. You maybe an bit. idea has been sparked. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so the party was fun. Yeah. And then so that, that party ends. That party ends. The party ends and then is, do you enter like, because there's always, do you hear like the entrepreneurial. Like, and you say next time well, you're going to have to pay for your no, beer. No, but it's yeah. like, it's like <laughs> do you Come to the freak out? Like freak out mode? Like at what no, point is this? We've only freaked out once. So prior to that, we went crazy and had bought equipment 
um, put deposit down on equipment, um, started doing everything and basically having a brewery. Before we knew it, we had a loan um, for a small deposit for the equipment. We, we don't didn't have money to put the put down on the equipment, so we needed a loan and realized it was going to cost a lot more than what we could borrow because 2008 and 9, oh, the crash was right. still really wow. in everyone's yeah. minds. Mm-hmm. So um, a friend of mine's a CPA, and one of her clients used a little-known provision in the 401k code where they self-directed their 401k into their own business, and that's oh. what we ended up doing. And this is how she pretty much explained it to me, and I said, okay, what you're saying is you want us to take all of our 401k money that I've been saving for like 24 years, 25 years and put it into the brewery. And she's like, yeah, but you know, I'm going to be putting mine in too. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, but everybody likes it. Everybody likes it when we give it to them. So, uh, So no, it was, it was certainly a leap of faith. It's the leap. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a leap of faith. It seems more of a leap right now, probably looking back at it. Right. When you look at how it could have gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we'd had some, we definitely weren't naive. We knew that, uh, you know, not every starting business makes it past three years. And we recognized that, but we were very confident that the two of us working together and we had, uh, at that time, Chad Henderson, our, uh, our, our present head brewer was on with us at that time. And How'd you meet him? Uh, he was a member of the homebrew club. And, okay. and for some reason, wow. you know, Charlotte's a pretty big, small town, right? You know, and you, you, you seem to always run into the same people or you hear about another person. Perhaps yep. you haven't met yep. them, but you just, their name keeps coming mm-hmm. up. And that was the situation with Chad. We and, love Chad. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he, I think he knows, uh, your studio as well as probably as you guys. I know. Do. <laughs> I'm like, you know where the mics are, Chad, go grab yeah. a mic. <laughs> And he, he really is a is a is a wonder in, wonderful individual, and he's just as uh, warm on the inside as he is Aww. fun fun yeah. on TV or mm-hmm. whatever. We 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 really enjoy spending a lot of time with Chad, and he's he's been uh, a huge reason why we've been successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's great to have a wonderful brewer, but it's even better to have one that's somewhat personable yeah. and can can relay the information and the excitement uh, about our product to to the people. So, and then at what point did you or when the brewery took off like when did you or have did you split into two different roles like did you immediately go into i am channeling my we, inner marketer yeah how do you did. guys work that out it, it actually works out really well our talents do not really overlap on the business world um he oversees brewing handles all of that once it's in package um sales marketing everything else takes over so i'm operations hr Marketing, sales, mm-hmm. you name it, everything else, everything that's not like yeah, and everything social, that's not, and social yeah. media, and social media, and I have, <laughs> and I, well, and I, we, gosh, biggest hire ever. I hired a social media person. Oh, Ivy. Isn't that huge and good it's for you, huge. truly. Right? She's yep. wonderful. So I don't yeah. know what I did without her before. Right. I bet. So, you, you didn't. You didn't have any time off. That I was did one thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. But no, she she's really good at what she does, Susie. That is, and our social media person is even better at it. Uh, and that's probably not. There's not many things I'm going to say that uh, that Susie is outdone by. Uh, no, but that's probably know, one of the million like entrepreneurial decisions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, what? I got to free myself up. At what point I know do I'm you do that? Yeah, doing HR. 
marketers here. Exactly. All above, right? Well, and, and wanting to have a little bit of a life because that's kind of what we yeah. started this for. Yeah, right. To, to free yourselves up to be, right. To have a life. Right. And, you know, the brewery, it's like a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're pregnant during the build out. You're pregnant during all of the equipment, all of that. And then labor is the day you open. Mm-hmm. And we. Op- and then you have to raise the kid. Then you have to raise a kid. Right. And yeah. oh my gosh, sleepless nights, yeah. early mornings, late night, you, you name it. Um, so it's just like a child. So, so we have a six-year-old. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's tie all that in then for us, if you will, too, because I'm curious how that plays out for you guys just in terms of work-life balance, a blended family. I mean, you have a Mm -hmm. lot of dynamics there that you probably have learned along the way. Some things have probably worked out great. Some things you probably, you know, looking back may have done differently. Um, How is that all? How do you handle all that? I don't know. That's a big um, question. It uh, yeah. is a big question. Because how old are all the kids now? Uh, almost 30, 28, 27, and 20, no, 26, almost 27, and 25. So everybody's yeah. out of the house. This everybody's out of the house. Oh, dear. Oh, no. James. Yep. I'm just going to use my shirt. Hmm. Keep going. Yep. Go yep. for it. Keep going. Um, two of them are married. Um, we have a granddaughter. So our oldest son and his wife um, have a baby. So She's how old? Uh, she's she's like, one. Just I was going to say about one. one right? I remember she's adorable. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, and they're all here? And they're all here. Oh, well, so no, great. I'm sorry. Um, our daughter just moved to Columbia to go back to school. Okay. Um, she was a nurse through CMC, and she is going back. I don't say this well, so go ahead and say it. Uh, a nurse anesthetist school. I have the hardest time saying that word. <laughs> I know. I do, too. But they're my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Yes. So we, we'd awesome. all appreciate their talents. Right? She's <laughs> so smart. So she just moved to Columbia um, to go back to school. Oh, to well, so that. not too far. Not too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, work-life balance, we are trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um Work-life integration, right? Is that what we call it yeah, instead? That's, that's we actually heard that term. Isn't that such a? That's it true. gives you a healthier because you're like, there's just not there's they're all they all kind of especially when you own your own business and yeah. you're married. Yeah. And yeah. that's something unique about well, I, I, your your job is obviously unique as well, uh, but this is a unique business in the beer industry. I'm not sure if we understood exactly how unique it was when we got involved. We did. we, mm-hmm. we really enjoyed. Uh, the culture of meeting more people, uh, going to events, promoting our product, listening to other people promote their product, whether they were beer clubs or whether they were just cookouts and things like that. So we f- we fit in well with that. And but what we found out is that's just part of the job. Obviously, you got the full time daytime part, which you're making the product, you're promoting the product, but then you're representing the product at night, mm-hmm. and uh, that can be very overwhelming at a times where you you you're booked up six or seven nights. Uh, of course, and then five or six days. Yeah, uh, and right. so it, you, if you're doing it together, it's certainly better than doing it apart. Right. right. But at the same time, this yeah. is the, this podcast. There you go. Is. Otherwise, this I would never see her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's we get true. it. I yeah. know it's but, it, but it's still a lot. But it's it's not the same as being under couch together. No, no. it's not. So um, when we got married. Um, we had four kids in the house, busy. Yeah. Um, we started this when our youngest was a sophomore in college. I could not imagine. I hats off to you guys to have as crazy of a life as you do with three young kids. Yeah. Um, ours was a sophomore in college, so we didn't have to worry about feeding him, getting home at any time. And we have oh, to we re- don't worry about feeding ours. Yeah, yeah. we're failing. We just we're figured, not, we're figured sure it out. Failing our children. <laughs> I was going to say uh, our sophomore was probably feeding us at that time. Yeah. So right. come on, he'd have dinner ready, and right. he would clean oh, up the okay, dishes. I love yeah, him. we have three dogs. We bring them to work with oh, us, so they are that. our kids now, and. Um, we're, we are struggling. We've got to figure it out how to balance the craziness of our life. And um, we need to get hobbies. That's, that's what something outside of work, something outside of beer and work. That's the struggle right yeah. now. Um, I, but, I think I could 
find a hobby. I don't think that'd be any Do problem you? at all. Because oh, home no, brewing no. was your hobby, and now yeah. it's your job. Yeah. What other stuff? What are you guys interested well, I mean, in? I might start brewing again. That might be fun. Oh, uh, cool. But it is. I am pretty close to it right now, and I'm. I, I don't know if my temperament will allow. You know, after six and a half years of professional brewing, whether right. I'd be able to jump into the homebrew and uh, and be able to uh, accept the results of whatever I made in my garage again. Yeah. Know. That might be challenging. But Do you still fly? Uh, no. And I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting back and maybe taking some soaring lessons or something like that. Something more yeah. affordable. Gliding. You know, flying has become so expensive with um, fuel and insurance and things like right. that. Uh, and then maybe, you know, if... Uh, you know, if, if things everything falls into place, maybe we'll be able to rent an airplane every now and then and fly around or something like that. So who knows? Um, you probably didn't think when you got into this that you would get into politics. No, we did not. So let's talk politics for a second. Wow. I know this is like the dinner, the, like the holiday dinner table topic to avoid. We'll be specific though. Yeah, you know what you're... No, I'm going to talk about the current administration. <laughs> no, I'm talking about... Just... I'm talking about... <laughs> he... Look, a I got you know issue. today. Hard... No, craft freedom. Who'd I, you know, I know exactly you, where you're you going, Jeff. Right. I was going, thank you very much. <laughs> I did too. That's why I said no, I, don't think, I don't think she did. I don't think she did. Yeah, um, yeah craft freedom. You got... you uh, uh, Noda and... Um, Old Mac. Old Mac, you guys are sort of leading the charge, right? And you talk about Greensboro. When as soon as you go through Greensboro, you get to about what is it, Mebane? Yeah. And you pass uh, what's the brewery? Uh, Red, Red Oak. Oak. Yeah. They have given all of their advertising space to Craft Freedom, and so they're they're Team Craft Freedom. Right. So just care. I mean, just real quick, we don't have to go too deep. I mean, I don't want to get you guys angry on your date night, but um, tell us a little bit about how that's evolved for you. So just a little background for those that don't know, um, there is a North Carolina law that allows you to self-distribute your beer, which is great. Um, as a new brewery, you don't have to hire a middleman. You can go directly to the bar, restaurant, grocery store and say, here, would you like to buy my beer? Here's all the details. We know the beer, love the beer, um, can promote the beer different than a distributor. And at, at that particular time, if you're that small, it, it might be very difficult or impossible to find uh, a third party who's interested in carrying your brand because, of course, they make money based upon your sales volume. Right. Your sales volume is pitifully small. It it may not be it may not justify uh, a wholesaler to, to to carry your brand when he has so many others that he can sell in yeah. its place. So I mean it, it it's true what Susie said that it, it benefits the brewer because there's a little additional margin that the brewer enjoys. Yep. He's now collecting the production cost of the beer, but he's also uh, collecting the distribution cost mm -hmm. too. And it's really what allows small breweries to grow. Uh, it gives them the seed capital to keep moving and buying tanks and things like that. When in, in a very difficult business, it's, it's a very low margin business, but it helps a little bit if you can sell some of your product. And I think uh, what also we found out is if you're able to actually meet the uh, the people who are buying it, then you develop this relationship. The relationship, totally. Absolutely. And, and Charlotte's a relationship city. Yeah. Uh, we, we could tell our story better than a third part person because we yes. live our story. Of right. course, yeah. right. And nothing and, against those people who do that. Yeah. I mean, it's they serve a fantastic purpose, especially for, for uh, companies who are trying to sell their products, but they, they produce them outside the state. Uh, define small, though, too, because isn't that the whole issue? If you reach a certain threshold, right. then you are have you, you have different requirements. Exactly. So the law allows us to self-distribute up to 25,000 barrels, and one barrel is 31 gallons. So the number may sound huge, but it per, really is per year. Per year. Yeah. And it is what you it, – it's kind of misleading. It's a self-distribution cap, but it includes what you sell in your tap room. Um, we're in South Carolina, right across the border. It includes 
what we sell down there. Mm-hmm. We don't self-distribute it. We have a distributor by law in South Carolina. So it's really what you produce, up to 25,000 barrels. And at that point, you have to turn over all of your distribution, so back to barrel one, over to a third-party distributor to sell your beer. So at that point, you know, you don't have a choice. Um, it's not us wanting to be in front of the customer anymore. It's we don't have a choice but to have someone else be in front of the customer and sell it and compete in a portfolio yeah. of 900 other beers. Right. Um, then add maybe wine, add um, cider now, all of that. You you just get lost, yeah. especially as a smaller business. You've already given us – you've said, like, look, we're struggling. Work-life balance, we got to work on that. But as you've gone through it, when you've got that piece, you've got starting a company, what does that look like at home? I mean, is that hard? I mean, we, we get to do our own thing. She comes <laughs> home and she's like, oh, you know, work, blah, blah, blah. And then I say, oh, work. But like, just yeah, when, the, when those people, two... what's that like? So it's nice. Um, we can make decisions on the fly, which is wonderful. We're not a big company that we have to say, okay, let's get the board together and right. decide. I'm sorry? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can say over yeah, breakfast, over dinner. Was, I didn't know where she was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I was told that I had to. I was given approval. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think I think and it's funny. I think you're uh, you actually you're both right. Uh, Susie's right. You know, part of the part of the fact that we were able to make such quick decisions. And we didn't have to satisfy a board. There was a much more long-term vision for what we were trying to do. We, we understand it's the long game. It's not the short game. And so uh, we would forgo short-term profits or even uh, short-term gains to make sure that we were actually going to be there for the long run. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's always been the, ge- the goal for us is to prepare ourselves for the future. And, uh, and uh, I think it's paid off. But at the same time, there was one time where I looked at Susie and I go, you know – it's just a little bit too easy to convince you to spend a lot of money to do something. <laughs> that probably should not be the way it is. And I'm a risk taker. He's love not. That. And, uh, <laughs> really? uh, yeah. at, a, at a medium-sized company, maybe it should be a little bit harder to get approval for uh, checks that require lots – have lots of commas. Yeah. So, uh, and she uh, uh, she definitely uh, accepted that my, that comment in the, in the manner in which it was meant. It was a nice – uh, thing because I think we've been very successful because we made some good decisions and a few that we probably would like to take back, but by and large we've been pretty successful with that. Live and learn, but right. we also recognized the need to get outside uh, eyes and opinions about things, and that's what will take us to the next level. I mean, we got us to the first level. We want uh, Jake, you know, we want Jake to take us to the next. Can I, can I ask what is the next level? We are trying to figure that out. So going back to craft freedom a little bit, um, once we won the gold medal for Hop, Drop, and Roll, the World Beer Cup in 2014, it was a game changer. We couldn't keep up at our um, original location, the OG. We had a 15-barrel system. We were starting at 4 in the morning, um, finishing around 10 at night, and not keeping up. Right. It was terrible. Right. Um, We're in the business to sell beer. It was great. It was great. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. We're in the business to sell beer, not to say no. She's making it sound like a miserable time. No, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it, it, was, yeah. it was it was great, but it was really frustrating because you know you want to share your love of the beer with sure. everyone, and we couldn't. So people come for the beer. You want to have the beer, exactly. Want, yeah. Not see you next Tuesday, right? Um, so we ended up needing another location, needing a bigger system, and that's when we opened the North Tryon location. Um, 
but which what is we, awesome. Thank you. What we realized is now we have this law that we're you know slowly pushing up against, and it's not a oops we go to twenty five thousand and one barrel. So sorry, we're not going to do it next year. Once you go over, you're done. Period. Yeah. It's wow. till death do you part. Yep. Moving forward at forever. Forever. You sign with the distributor. It doesn't matter whether you're twenty five thousand barrels, fifty thousand, or ten thousand barrels. You're. Uh, why is that? Like, where did that law come from? Is it? I mean, obviously it's distributors lobbying for that i guess they want the i mean what is what's well, the benefit i think uh, a lot of the current laws were put in place many many years ago yeah, to protect the 80s. to protect the distributors yeah. so, it sounds like a dart throw frankly mm-hmm. i'm imagining uh, a bunch of legislators just, playing yeah. drunk darts well and you know none of these laws happened because a legislature wanted or a legislature member wanted it it happened because either uh, a distributor sure. felt pressure from a uh, big beer uh-huh, company uh-huh. or the big beer company felt that the distributors so I mean, these were all laws written to to protect p- members of the of uh, the beer community, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the legislation was originally developed to protect family owned distributors. Now, there's ten of them in North Carolina that I know of uh, to protect them against some really large beer manufacturers, and they you know because basically to allow them to yeah. go do that on their own. In well, other words, if eighty to ninety percent of your Family's sales are one product. Yep, uh, you're beholden to that company, mm-hmm. and it, it it could be very scary if they were to withhold product from you or uh, to change the terms of your agreement or whatever. So, some of these laws were put in place to protect those companies, and we we recognize that. But at the same time, you know, now that was when you had, you know, 18 manufacturers of beer in the United States. Now we have. 300 in, in North Carolina alone yeah. and over 5,000 in the United States. Yeah. We don't have that many distributors anymore. So now it's sort of out of whack. Yep. If we wanted to hire distributors, our, lim- our, our choices are relatively yeah. limited based on territory. So, um, it, it, and from the distributor's point of view, if you got 1,500 breweries who want to be represented by you, that's a very big challenge too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a problem on both sides mm-hmm. right now. Outdated legislation, yeah, uh, law. Yeah, so um, what the future holds is kind of on hold right now for us. Okay. Um, we're working to get the law changed. Um, and once we do, we'll slowly start pushing out around the state. Um, our goal is not to get big, huge, be in multi-states, just be in the Carolinas, um, but just to slowly grow. So yeah. once once the law changes, which, you know, we're hopeful, we have to be hopeful, um, or we'd be going down a whole other path. Yep. And my two goals when we opened the company was to say no as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And that meant to uh, customers, you know, if you want our product, we want to be able to say yes. We don't want to have a reason why we can't sell you the product that you want. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to do is make sure that wherever we sell our beer, we're relevant in that particular area. Hmm. Sure. Uh, we have a connection to the customer. We have a connection to the community. We have a com- uh, connection to the charities in that community that we are embedded in that community, just like the people who are buying our product. We want to make sure of that. And you know, when I go through stores right now, I look up and I'm I'm that guy in the beer aisle who's looking at every single face <laughs> and going, who are they and why are they in North Carolina? And someone brings you Sierra Nevada and you're like, uh, I, okay, stop, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Well, no, if they'll bring me Sierra Nevada, I'll definitely drink that. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> no, and, and now that they're in North Carolina, it's even fresher and even better. So it's it's certainly been one of my, uh, and, and Ken Grossman, the founder of uh, Sierra Nevada, has definitely been one of my my uh, mentors and he's, cool. he's been a fantastic yeah. guy and his his son brian runs the facility here in, in mills river in north carolina and he's a super guy too yeah but to see brands that are you know in washington state selling ipas in north carolina just kind of makes me shake my head going 
you know, why aren't they selling theirs in Washington State? Mm-hmm. Right. Why are they selling right. in North Carolina? Yeah. And I'm definitely not going to be selling in Washington State. And hmm. Right. Beer is kind of like bread, as our, our friend over at Old Mecklenburg, John Marino, says. And it's a fresh product, and it's better served fresh. Yeah. Sure. And the longer you transport it, the the the, the more wear and tear it's going to have on it. So Makes we sense. we we want to be here in Charlotte. This is this is where we live, and maybe a little bit further out, but that's about it. When you're not doing podcasts with boring Valentine uh-huh. people, um, <laughs> where do you do, do you have like a favorite date night place? Do you guys have like where you like to grab yeah, where a drink? Like where do you like to grab a yeah. bite? Again, we live in Cotswold, so our two go-tos are Pizza Peel, which we just got yep. back from dinner. Yeah. Oh, oh, you did? Wow. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, We're post-podcast dinners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I nice. get it. On, if I'm lucky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's <laughs> Sometimes Sleepers. it's post-podcast cereal when we get home, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and Leroy Fox. So again, both those. And then Eddie's for breakfast. Eddie's for breakfast. Yeah, I like Eddie's. I, we haven't done or either of those bagels, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Poppy's bagels. Yeah, too. Cool. Nice. You know, there's so many great, great places here in Charlotte. We're I very know. fortunate. There's some wonderful restaurants, uh, great breweries, and uh, some really cool wine bars, too. They don't like me see me come in because I ask so many questions. You I do? just wear them out. So <laughs> I'm really fascinated about right, I'm, I'm like, do you guys ever do that? Do you ever kind of like just sneak in the back of a brewery and just like, hmm. Okay. Can you do that? You probably all know each other. All the, we all know each other. Yeah. yeah. We um we support each other and go there. Um, I know. I love it. You really do. Can I just say really that do. too? We, we really talked do. about that with you one time because we were talking about um Sarah and Justin. They yeah. were our, our first the, the yeah. from Sycamore. I remember that. Our first guests. And then I don't know. We've you know talked about other breweries at various times. And you have always just said like, oh we support each other. We there's nothing weird there. There's room in the sandbox for everyone. Like it's, it seems like a really cool community. I don't know if it's central to Charlotte or if that's kind of beer community. In general. It's beer community in general. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, I guess, one con- common enemy, if you want to call it that, and it's big beer. Yep. Um, we wouldn't have them as our enemy if they didn't ha- if Would they play weren't nice. targeting us. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, so we really all just want each other to do well yeah. and um, craft beer to take over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. Okay, so speaking of competition, oh, no. we like to end every wow. podcast with a boys versus girls guess, game yeah. of catchphrase. Do you guys know how to play catchphrase? We're old now. Okay. I'm afraid I don't know that. Six keg yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, six top keg. No, we didn't make people perform before we gave them the beer, though. <laughs> yeah, no, well, this isn't, don't worry. This is, okay, so catchphrase, we just played a three. Okay. So we're a, we're a team. So when I get it, I give you clues, and you have to guess the word or phrase that I'm that I'm. We got this, Jake. More okay. high C. Okay. We got this. More fruit punch. Got it. Okay. So you'll oh, hear, you let me take a drink. Yes. When it's beeping, we still have time. When it stops beeping, okay. The rule is if you're, I'm not like the beer burp. Sorry. When it's <laughs> that's what we're doing. Like. <laughs> trying to swallow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you hit next. Hit the blue next. Don't hit any, anything else. Okay. Okay. And when it stops beeping, whoever is holding it loses. Oh, so we just pass that around. Yeah, exactly. It's like so taboo. Like just don't uh, say the word on the screen. And, and what's the object here? To get to three. Don't be stuck with three it in points. Your hand. Don't be stuck with it in your hand. But you're, it gives you a clue, and you're supposed to come up with a phrase. Like or? if it said "wood," I would, I would be like, "It's on the wall next to you." Hmm. Oh. You know, and you guess the material oh, okay. on the wall. Yeah, gotcha. and then, get your mind out of the gutter, failing. And then you hit, and then you pass, and you pass hit it. next, and okay. pass it to your partner, or yeah. pass it to the person next to you. Got it. So Todd, stand by. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? Is our, our batteries out? You've got no to be joking. Here, give it to me. Here, you stall. I'll Do you use that at home? We usually steal batteries, unfortunately. You I know. <sighs> Just take them out Thank of the smoke detector. So, I'm yeah. I'll start. Ready, <laughs> okay. Todd? You ready? So wait, say when. He All right. So you're gonna give category. me the clue, and I have to uh, gotta change no. batteries tonight. I know. Let's yes. <laughs> you're guessing. 
Okay. No, 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 wait. You have to do the category first. Okay. So Susie gets to say stop. Susie, say stop. Stop. Entertainment. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, a good one. All right, here we go. Don't guess when it's the boys. Remember. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, he has uh, fundraisers for kids. Uh, Jerry Lewis. Super Bowl. Super Bowl in between. <laughs> Halftime. Yes. Oh, dear. Uh, was Watch on her, uh, her own comedy show with Ro- John Goodman. Roseanne. Roseanne Barr. What? You don't ever watch that. How'd you know that? These women that wear sashes and bikinis and uh, Miss, Miss USA. America. It, these things are called Miss Universe. A, it, the whole, the whole thing. Like, uh huh. Uh, he hosts a show where he has a giant stack of note cards and he's got glasses and he pulls them very slowly and he asks, um, uh, okay, uh, t- uh, tea, a brand of tea, uh, iced tea, brand of iced tea, tea. uh, Tetley, uh, uh, Lipton. Yes. Yes. That's the last one. And the first uh, name is, oh gosh, uh, the first name is, um, uh, LeBron James Lipton. Oh, no! oh, <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was high pressure. Is it James Lipton? It is James Lipton. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. 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 Actor's studio. Those were very, very good clues, by the way. That was good guessing. That was good guessing, too. Great guessing. You nailed it. So that's the classic example of why catchphrase sucks, because there was nothing we could do about that. Meanwhile, this puddle is hilarious. Is it going under the desk? 100%. All under my pants. So just hit next. So just hit next. Oh, start. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Up top. And then hit next. Uh, she is Goldie Hawn's daughter. Crate Hudson. Crate Hudson? Crate Hudson. Crate Hudson. Um, this is a category. It would be like... Uh, Entertainment. Kurt, or excuse me, um, uh, Toby Keith. Country. Uh, country music. Uh, they uh, don't play a guitar, but they... Uh, singers. So they're... Country singers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, this is an old... Uh, there's a moose. It's an old cartoon. There's a moose who talks like this. Bullwinkle. Yep. The, what's the other one? The first one. The Rocky. little guy. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, first name, Blank Wayne, Western guy. John. Yep, that's the first one. Last name is uh, Taft, president. First name. Uh, uh, that was, sorry, William, but yeah. it was Williams. I would have had oh. to go in plural. John Williams? John Williams. Who's that? Wow. Well, he's a conductor. A conductor. Yeah. Plus, I thought Taft's first name was Richard. So I was like, Richard Johns? What's that? Yeah. Oh. All right, so one to one. This is Richard a game point. I don't even uh, know what. Yeah. Pressure, pressure, Start. pressure. One to one. What they walk on at the Oscars. Runway. Uh, runway? Color of. Red carpet. Runway. Sorry. Uh, if you have a really good uh, ticket for a fight, you have a front row seat. Uh, is uh, near the uh, ringside seat. Yes. Donald Trump used to host this show. Uh, you <laughs> Not the intern, but <laughs> the apprentice. Politics. Come on. Uh, Jimmy Fallon hosts the uh, late show, uh, but the, but uh, not the, daytime. But night. It's happening. Yep. Night. It's. Uh, not uh, there's, there's something right before night. Late night show. Late night. Um, the nu- what's the number after between one and three? Two. <laughs> tonight. Late tonight. <laughs> Say the whole thing. Tonight. <laughs> what's the order? Oh, the tonight show. Oh, the tonight show. 
You could have said Johnny Carson's old show or something right. like that. I, was I kept wanting to jump in to give you a clue. No, I, I could have gone Johnny Carson's. Uh, sorry, I didn't I thought it would click. I thought he was on a different network. So. Um, I go to bed. Girl power. Hey, girls won. Hey, we go to bed at 930. Yeah. And you actually kind of said it. I was going to actually give him the point, but... I'd rather take the win, so yay, yay. girls. All right. Yay, all right. It's all right. Yay, it's all right. Yay, it's all right. Ah. You guys, that was fabulous. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. I yes. know we were all across the board. That's how we like it. No, exactly. That's how a date we night want, rolls. I mean, we, talked, we talked a lot of beer, but also just it was great to hear the backstory and the trials and tribulations of an entrepreneur. Was that dramatic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very dramatic. Dramatic wow. and accurate at the same but time. No, but that like, sounds like a book. Also, yeah. you oh. got, I mean, as, as you guys are, I'm, I'm, maybe this is, you guys are an iconic brand. And we love Noda. I mean, it's in our fridge all the time. It's I love being on the advisory board. But truly, uh, we really like you guys and love the story. And we were happy to have you on. Well. We, we love we love having you on the board and do we hug now? What is going yeah. on? Yeah, <laughs> and Paige gets me ready every morning when I'm getting ready to go to work. Oh, so, there you yeah, go. There you go. Yeah, so, he's always watching. See you in a couple <laughs> hours. Oh, good. Literally, I'll see you in a couple hours right. again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank All you right. for having Bye-bye. us. Bye. Bye. Mm, oh yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. For past episodes and more, visit jakeandpage.com or get all up in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast with your fine self sitting on your fine couch. Mm-hmm. Talk to you next time. Mm. Yeah. I said, mm. Yeah.